Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Josh Cast. I'm your host, Joshua Sharon. I want to thank you for joining us for another podcast series entitled The Magnificent Seven, The Week That Changed the World. I want to thank you for being a wonderful support. Thank you for all of the listeners that have come and to who have really enjoyed this series. I hope this series is blessing you. Well, to become a supporter of the Josh Cast, we I will we would love for you to support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. It was Dr. King who once said, I have a dream. In order for a dream to become a reality, it needs supporters to push a dream forward. I want to thank you for being a supporter. I really encourage you to support and the link of the of the support will be in the description of this episode and you can share it and have other supporters to come alongside with us. We have been in a series of homiletical reflections reflecting on the seven last words of Jesus Christ. These seven last words were spread as he was dying on the cross. And then as he died on the cross, he was put in the grave, but rose up with all power in his hands. So today we will go to the gospel of John chapter 19 and reading one verse, verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine and bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. I'm going to say that verse again. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. If I can use for a subject, it would say it's already done. We have spent the last few episodes considering the seven sayings of Jesus Christ as he was hanging upon the cross, giving himself as the ultimate sacrifice to provide redemption for fallen men. We have discovered so much through his obedience, his compassion, and his commitment. For today, we come to one of the greatest of these sayings. Each saying is important and they reveal so much of our Lord's redemption plan. But out of the seven, this one rises to us to the top. For many who have looked on that day as they look on Calvary, they will say that Jesus was a failure. Many viewed him as a blasphemer. Others likely disappointed him. Others doubtfully had concerns towards him. For those who looked on that day, many may have taken these words as submission to defeat. They may have thought Jesus had finally given, realizing that he had failed in what he was set to do. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Jesus was not a failure. He was not an imposter or a blasphemer. He was not resigning or failing. He was not quitting. He was declaring victory. In this simple statement, Jesus serves a notice that he has fulfilled the will of God concerning salvation. This was a word of accomplishment. When Jesus received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. We will remember that this was not a plan B. This was not a last ditch effort by God to provide redemption for lost sinners. Things did not get out of hand in Jerusalem. And God decided to allow Christ to die upon the cross. This was God's plan since before time began. Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Immediately following the fall of Adam, 
God prophesied that a savior would come. Genesis 3.15 tells us, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Time will not permit us to consider all the prophecies that was going into this, but we realize that his virgin birth in Bethlehem to of Judea, to him being the seed of Abraham, to him being the tribe of Judah, and being the lineage of David. Jesus fulfilled each of these prophecies. In our previous study, we found that all things have been accomplished. When it's said in John 19, 28, after this, Jesus not only had been accomplished, he said, I thirst. It is interesting to note that the word, trans word translated accomplished is the same word translated, it is finished. The plan of God had been fulfilled and Jesus declared a word of accomplishment, revealing that all had been completed. This is a word of accomplishment. Now, as we come to this word of anticipation, I don't think we'll be doing the scripture an injustice to say that Jesus anticipated an end to the suffering. Little is recorded in scripture about the actual suffering that Jesus had endured. We know that he was born our grieves and how we, having our sins placed upon him. And he went through being beaten and being ripped with 39 lashes. We know that he had a place of crown of thorns on his head. And we know that they plucked his beard. We know that he was beat upon and spat upon. He went through suffering. Isaiah 53 verse 4 said, Surely he have borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And then Isaiah 50 verse 6 says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them as they plucked off my hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. We know that Jesus was scourged prior to the crucifixion. The Bible reveals the doesn't reveal the detail, but history reveals that it was beyond comprehension. A cat of nine tails was used to really to rip the flesh of Jesus from the body of the condemned. That in itself is self itself is torment enough. But then he was placed upon the cross to endure the misery that is brought. All of this endured without bearing the sins of humanity. Humanity was so hurt and so dark on Jesus. Now let's really keep in mind, this was a holy, harmless, sinless son of God. He was the second person of the Godhead, dwelling with the Father in eternity past, enjoying the splendor of heaven and praises of angels. He lay aside to become our sacrifice. Can you imagine how God went from being treated like riches from riches and then went down to earth to be treated like a rag. Can you imagine that God left sweet heaven to deal with a sour earth? Can you imagine that Jesus was in clean heaven and came down to a dirty earth? That's 
who our God is. He came from above and came all the way down, 40 and two generations. We understand that Abraham didn't come down to save us. Isaac didn't come down to save us. Jacob didn't come down to save us. Noah didn't come down to save us. David did not come down to save us. Jesse did not come down to save us. Moses did not come down to save us. Joshua did not come down to save us. Joseph did not come down to save us. Elijah did not come down to save us. Uh, Isaiah did not come down to save us. Jeremiah didn't come down to save us. But Jesus mm, came all the way down. Mm -hmm. And as he came all the way down, he came to save you and I. He lay aside to become our sacrifice. I think it would be safe to say that this was a word of anticipation. You see, there was a tiptoe anticipation that was going on. Surely Jesus looked forward to the end of suffering. Once again, to be in the presence of the Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. This was a word of atonement. Mm -hmm. Jesus cried, it is finish it is finished he cried it is finished he revealed so much concerning our salvation the word testalesti really means to finish to complete a predetermined goal to accomplish a perfect plan. Let me say that again. The word testalesti literally means to finish, to complete a predetermined goal, to accomplish a perfect plan. This was a word that was used in a variety of ways in that day. Every usage provides a beautiful example of what Jesus accomplished at Calvary. You see, at Calvary, we see man at his worst and God at his best. At Calvary, we see him bleeding and dying. We, we have to go back to Calvary. In order to understand the seven last words, we must gaze upon Calvary, that old rugged cross. And we must look and see our Jesus suffering on that cross. We must see our Jesus bleeding and suffering. We must see the rocks in his body, the scars and the ripping of his flesh. We must look at the cross. As he says, it is finished. This was a servant's word. Spoken when the task has been completed. This was a priest's word spoken when the sacrificial animal had been inspected and found worthy. The high priest declared that this is the completion of the events on the day of atonement. This was an artist's word spoken when the final touches have been made and the masterpiece was present, ready to be presented. This was a merchant's word speaking when all the haggling is over, a deal had been reached and both parties were satisfied. Let me say this again. This was mm -hmm, a servant's word spoken when the task had been completed. This was a priest's word spoken when the sacrificial animal had been inspected and found worthy. This was a high priest declaration that completion of the events on the day of atonement. This was an artist's word. An artist, when he speaks, the final touches have been made and the masterpiece is ready to present it. God have mercy. And then this is a merchant's word mm -hmm. spoken when everything is over and a deal has been reached and both parties was satisfied. 
So we realized that this was a word of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. This was a word of anticipation. And then this was a word of atonement. And then as we come down to the wire, this was a word of authority. We cannot forget the reason for all of this. Jesus had not come to check on the affairs of men upon the earth. He did not come to determine the hearts of men. He came with a purpose, and that was to provide a means of salvation for sinful men. He came to reconcile us with God because we know about Adam and Eve. What happened? Adam and Eve ate the wrong fruit, and that was the cause of the fall with the garden. All were born in sin and in need of salvation. Jesus came and provided our salvation. You see, we serve a God that was able to say, yes, I can stay up here, but I'm going to go up and go and go down to help someone in need. We serve a God that is able to help us. We serve a God that is able to heal us. You see, but then we understand that he came with a purpose. He came to be born and he came to die. Ever since the fall of Adam, Satan had been on a rampage. Ever since the fall of Adam, he came to seek and deceive to hinder mankind. Ever since the fall of Adam, Satan started giving, started making people distracted. Ever since the fall of man, Satan tried to be on a slippery, snaky trail. And as Jesus declared it, is finished. He served notice to Satan that sin had been atoned. He accomplished the will of God and humanity could be reconciled in his blood. The song was asked, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. Many believe that Satan rejoiced at Calvary, but that is not the truth. In fact, Satan tried to prevent Jesus from going to the cross. It was there that Jesus was secured the victory and proclaimed his authority. This was a word of admiration. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and bowed his head. And gave up the ghost. We cannot consider the precious and powerful saying without recognizing the admiration in it. This was not a statement of apprehension or animosity. Jesus knew that he had been sent to this earth to fulfill the will of God. He was pleased to please the Father. John 5 verse 36 says... But I have greater witness of John that the works which the Father have given me to finish, that the same works I bear witness of me and the Father has sent me. Then John 17 verse 5 says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which I have given me to do now, O Father. Glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I have been upon the earth was. Jesus was pleased. That he accomplished the work that he was sent to perform. He was pleased that the need of mankind had been met and the sacrifice has been finished. He did not view himself as a victim, but he he saw himself as a victor. You see, I'm so glad that Jesus decided to go and finish this amazing task. 
He could have been like everybody else and run away and be scared, but he decided mm -hmm, to come and finish this. Uh, we serve a God is able to finish tasks and get things done. We serve a God is able to say, yes, I know you're messed up and yes, I know you're wrong, but I came to finish things. I, I, I came to make sure that there was something on the agenda. You see, we realize that God made sure that he was able to finish this. You see, I'm glad that he is my king. Well, what kind of king is it? He? He's the king of the Jews. That's an ethnic king. He's the king of Israel. That's a national king. He's the king of ages. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. I, I, I wonder if you know him. I wonder if you know him. I wonder if you tried him. You see, people would ask, what was finished? Well, the words of the prophets was fulfilled and finished. The pain of stingy whips and thorns in the skull was finished. The heaviness of sin was finished. The debt was paid for and finished. The forgiveness of his enemies was finished. The word spoken on the cross before this was finished. The pain in his body was finished. The punishment was finished. The agony and hatred was finished. The painful sufferings was finished. The pouring of his blood was finished. The endurance of his pain was finished. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Right now he's on the cross, but there's a restart coming soon. Hope is is lost. Death has won. Sin was accomplished, but he died and he kept on going and he finished. The evil of Friday was finished. Satan happiness of seeing Christ the finish was finished. The Pharisees couldn't stop him, but they couldn't find any fault in him. They couldn't. They tried to stop him, but they couldn't even finish that. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. But then we realized that Jesus came and said, it is finished. I came to tell you today that no matter what you go through, God has a way to finish it. God God can finish whatever's going on. You may start out with problems, but God is going to finish it and get it done. Is there anybody here that knows that Jesus, he's able, yes, he is, to fix your problem. I don't know what you're going through. I came to encourage every listener that Jesus can finish it. Jesus can fix it for you. Jesus can work it out for you. It is finished. It's already done. Yes, it is. Yes, I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad that he's able to finish my issues. I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad. I'm so glad that Jesus can do things for me. He served a God that's able to finish it. I came to encourage you today that God can finish your problem. He can finish whatever you're going through. God is able. Hey, glory to God. He's able to finish it. So, Lord, right now, we thank you for finishing it. We thank you that you're turning things around. We thank you, Lord, that right now you're making things finish. You're accomplishing things. Right now, someone listening right now knows that you can finish it. You have the power and the authority to finish it. You have the power to move things around. You have the power to do things. I thank you, Jesus, ah, for finishing something. I thank you, Lord, for turning things around for me. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you. Glory to God. I want to thank you for listening. I, 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 I'm getting excited. I'm about to run and keep on running. See what the end going to be. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, like I said before, become a supporter. Please support this podcast with a monthly donation. Thank you for supporting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And on the Josh Cash, you'll receive a gift that lasts.